0: yo 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 it's your boy indigo x indigo x episode 16 and we have a very 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 special episode man uh, this is my first episode where i'm recording in different time zones like that level type crazy <laughs> we have a, a, a bona fide superstar in himself tevin Mack, on the show welcome 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 appreciate it bro i'm
1: glad, glad to be on man I appreciate that
0: yeah man, yeah man. How you living, man? Like I said, you in Greece. How you living?
1: Um, it's just good so far. I ain't got no complaints for real, bro. Um, it's about to get dark. It's like seven PM right now, so I'm just chilling right now. You know, running, running down for the day. Chilling. That's what's
0: up. That's what's up. Is the food really like? Is it a big difference?
1: I Ain't a lot, bro. It's it's honestly better because they use like real ingredients. You feel me? Like it's not you know in America everything really kind of like saturated down with like a lot of sugars and all that. But over here it's like real natural stuff. So pretty good to me I ain't gonna love I've been eating good (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's what's up that's what's up bro I'm gonna tell you this story real quick bro um this was like 20 I think I was a junior no 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 I was a senior you was a junior and um it it was the state championship games or whatever down at uh USC state at um colonial stadium yeah and I saw you and I was like hey go tell me speak to him whatever I went up and I spoke to him and I dapped you up. Yeah. Bro, I've never dapped somebody up and their hands felt so fucking big. <laughs> 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 i never told you that. And every time now I see you, I always just fist-pound you. I don't never dap you up no more, bro. Cause I ain't never. It's OD, bro. I <laughs> ain't Bro, your hands are big as hell, bro. But I just had to let you know. <laughs> But, man, let's get into it, man. Tell the people where you're from a little bit about your background, things like
1: that. Yeah, man, I'm from Columbia, born and raised in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, I think my first time picking up a basketball was, like, maybe two or three years old. Um, I got inspired from watching my older brother play. He was, like, you know, like, a few years older than me, so I came up watching him. And he was the one that kind of put the ball in my hands and let me, you know, let me know I can do this. So, um, you know, I'm from Columbia, grew up playing um, basketball pretty much my whole life, bro. And, you know, it's, it's kind of where it got me at today, so I'm excited about that. I'm glad. I was able to make that happen for me for myself, you know. So yeah. So
0: like I do I know basketball's in your family. What was it always basketball for you? Was it just like, okay, I know I'm a hoop?
1: Yeah, it was pretty much always that, bro. Like, um I knew it what I wanted to do since I was maybe like four or five years old for real. Like, since I was a kid, like I always knew this was what I wanted to do, um, at some level professionally. So I was with my goal and my plan, you know, it wanted me to play football in high school, but I wasn't doing that especially. <laughs> Sure, but We weren't even, you know, wasn't even good enough for that personally for me. So I was mm-hmm. thinking of basketball and I was gonna probably make it out that way. So it was it was, it was always hoop for me. Do you think it's easier for a basketball player to play
0: football or a football player to play basketball?
1: That's a good That's question, a bro.
0: Huge thinking, debate.
1: <laughs> great question. I would say probably a probably a football player playing basketball because they know, they naturally are like are better athletes and they kinda like, you know, stronger and you know faster, so they can kind of convert to basketball and At least be a good role player on the court. At least, so I like. I I don't play with some good role player football players on the court, so I know how that can go. So I think football to basketball is pretty easier. (laughs) What position would you have played if you did
0: like convert Mm -hmm. over?
1: Probably probably receiver, bro, receiver or tight end, one of the two. Because I'm kind of tall. Well, I am tall, so probably receiver or tight end. Catching touchdown. So
0: speaking of your height, man. Um. When I see you here, like watch a lot of people growing up playing basketball, you were tall early. Yeah, I like was. how did you break that mold up? Because a lot of people be six five in high school playing center and trying to be on the post, but okay. you were bringing the ball up. Like how did you not limit yourself to that because you were tall?
1: Um, I don't know, bro. It's like it's crazy because I was the biggest guy on my team. Like even in high school, I was the biggest guy on uh, on Dri Drew, on Drew's team. So. Um, I don't really know. I think just coming up, I always kind of had the ball in my hands, like even playing as a kid playing AAU, and uh, I always had a shot. So I think being able to shoot opened up the floor for me a lot. So that's kind of really what it was. being able to have that shooting touch. And I know you, everybody, you can
0: work on your jump shot, but do you think it's like just a natural born talent how you can shoot the ball, or is it something that you just you put in I know you put in the hours, but do you think it just came natural?
1: I think part of it is natural. Like you got to have a natural, some sort of natural touch, you know, from God, but. You got to be able to practice that craft and hone that craft, and you know, then to get it, get it where it needs to be. So I think it's part part of it's natural, but part of it you got to kind of perfect that craft per se too. I think. Okay, that's a, that's a, that's. I'll walk with my computer real quick. I'm about to die. All right, hold on. We gotta cut this out. <laughs> no, nah, I got you. I got you. Think this. <laughs> Let's
0: hold it a little bit. Let's see. Let's all this. this. right here. All
1: right,
0: bit You good now, bro? All right, bit Um... Okay, yeah, yeah, I got you. So, growing up, um, watching you—you've been in the spotlight like forever. So, where did your score, fa- score first mentality come from? One
1: funny story about that, bro. So, you remember Coach Richards from Drew, the basketball coach? Yeah. Richards. Mm-hmm. He was there when, like, when I first got there, my ninth grade year, and he had the guys all before me. So, uh, I made varsity my freshman year at Drew varsity basketball. And I ended up starting, and uh, we were kind of having like a up and down season. And he told me one day after the game, he was like, "Look." need to shoot 20 shots a game, no less, like, no less than 20, bro. Like, you got the green light, go ahead, and do you, you know what I'm saying, be yourself and go out and do what you do. So, I ain't like, ever since then, like, I was already a scorer before that, but I never had mm-hmm. a coach tell tell me that. So, after that, it was like, all right, bro, you got the green light everywhere you go, it don't matter if you're on this team, this team, this city, that state, it don't matter. Like, wherever you go, shoot the ball. So, really since then, bro, he kind of put it in my head that you were a scorer, bro, so go be that. So, ever since then, it was that. So, shout-out to the Richards for that. <laughs> <laughs> he made a budget. <laughs> Flipped that switch. You know, you know, like, I didn't know tell me that before, bro, so it gave me the confidence I needed in myself to go out there and do that every night no matter who was out there, who was playing against. So shout out to him for that, for real.
0: That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. So did you ever, like, consider,
1: like, I
0: mean, switching up your game, like, become more of a, a point-forward type player, or was it always just you fell in that role and you loved it?
1: Um, it's just, like I said, bro. It's kind of natural. Like I fell into that role, um, but real quick early at an early age, and I've always been in that role since then. So, um, I never really had to, you know, stray away from that. Even when I got to college, I was still like in a scoring role. Like, with even even with guys that are actually like NBA players now. So I was always that go to score no matter what. So ever since then, bro, it's always been instilled in me, and I just kind of carried it on from there. <clears throat>
0: That's what's up. So all right, you had your great career, Drear, Um. You're not a, a Columbia name, you're a in the world name. Hey, you know you have a Wikipedia page? Yeah, I know, bro. I ain't a lot of and
1: they got my age on. They're talking about I'm twenty six, I'm only twenty five, bro. I was born in ninety seven. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that
0: though. I didn't see that. <laughs> that's crazy cause I, I did I was doing my little research or whatever and I typed your name in I in the Wikipedia. I said Tevin has a Wikipedia page. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's but, <laughs> but you go from drear and you committed to vcu correct and then yeah. you went with shaka yeah. over to uh texas what was that
1: like and why why make the decision to follow him um because it was somebody at the time that I, that I trusted you know what i'm saying i trusted bro i liked him i thought he was a good coach um, which he is a great coach um and i just wanted to you know be a part of what he was building so i followed him to texas and honestly texas was probably one probably a bigger move than going to vcu to be honest like it's just, like, one of the biggest schools in the country, bro. So, going there was a blessing, a blessing in itself. So, I wanted to, you know, take the opportunity on and go there and, and do what I did. So, I was looking forward to that at the time. So,
0: talk about the transition from your first year as a D1 Hooper from high school to D1 to your second year. Like, what, what leaps did you make in your progress there?
1: I ain't going to lie. From, from college to high school, bro, that's a big jump. Like, especially, you know, playing, I think, in in South Carolina, I was I was the guy, you know. So, when you get to college, everybody was the guy on the high school team, so um, you got to kind of learn how to play with great players again if you haven't learned that before. So that was one of the adjustments I had to make from freshman year to from high school to freshman year. Um, and then my freshman year was kind of up and down. I played with a lot of older guys. I was like one of the younger, younger guys on my team. We had um, we had six seniors on my team, so I kind of just sat back and learned from them for the most part my freshman year, bro. And then after they left, the next year I kind of stood up stepped up into a bigger role, of being like being a guy on the team. Um, I was averaging, I think, five points my freshman year, and I ended up starting averaging fifteen my sophomore year. So I took a 10, 10 point jump um, in one of the best conferences in the war, in the country. So that was a big jump from freshman year to sophomore year for me. So I was excited about that at the
0: time. Can you explain to people? Because i had a lot of conversation with people that uh, I say hoop like real hoopers. Can you yeah. explain like how it, like tough it is to just get fifteen shots up a game? Like, is is that something – like, people think it's easy just to go put up 25 shots, but explain that.
1: You got to be an alpha, like, in your mind, like, to do that. Like I said, because everybody in college, they was the man on a high school team. So, everybody already think they the man still. So, you got to really kind of, you know, separate yourself a little bit from those guys from that group. So, um, it's not easy, bro. Like, um, I didn't have that green light my freshman year, but I put in that work that summer after freshman year to kind of gain my coaches respect and trust. Um, and they gave me the green light going into sophomore year, and that, I kind of just took off from there as far as scoring the ball at, a, at the collegiate level. So, yeah, it's not easy, bro, but I did it.
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So is it – I hear a lot of people say when they do go off to college that they already feel like it's a full-time job. Just talk about your everyday schedule as a D1 Hooper.
1: Uh, it's it's way more than basketball. Like, that's – that basketball is probably like a 5% of what's going on for real Like You know what I'm saying? Because you got to go to – Class every day, and you gotta go to class. You know, ain't missing classes. they got class checkers, bro. So if you don't go to class, they going report back to your coach, and you, you gotta probably do some type of punishment run or something. So you gotta go to class, and you gotta probably do weights in the morning. Then you gotta wake up after that and go to study hall. You gotta then you gotta go to practice, and then after practice you might have study hall again that night just to finish up some homework or something, bro. So it's like a gruesome schedule, honestly. Like every day is already planned out for you every day, so it's kind of like a boom, 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 boom. But it helped me get more organized, bro. Helped me get more disciplined, so. I can't complain about it too much, you know. So I'm, I'm appreciative mm-hmm. of
0: that. Right. And how, what was your like your your diet like? Because as when I went to a juco to play football, they had me eating like three thousand calories a day to try to bulk up. But what's a a basketball diet?
1: Um, I had to really. I wanted to bulk up too because I was brought was little as hell in high school, so I had to add some weight too when I. Um, I think I was maybe like one eighty five when I got on campus, and I ended up I'm two twenty now, so I ended up adding like thirty pounds of like you know good healthy weight. So, and I needed that. So I think just really eating a lot, bro, a lot of carbs, a lot of protein, a lot of grilled chicken, not fried chicken, um, a lot of greens and vegetables, you know, salads and stuff. Had to, I had to actually get into eating salads. I eat that shit when I was in high school, so <laughs> had to get into eating that when I got to, when I got to school. Um, drinking more water, um, eating more fruit, you know, just stuff like that, bro. Kind of cleaning up your diet a little bit from going going from eating McDonald's every day to eating more like you know gourmet meals. So it's kind of what it was.
0: Yeah, because I ain't gonna lie, the basketball players I know y'all y'all did have some of the like most unhealthy diets, and then go drop thirty. So I did, I was very confused
1: by that. <laughs> very confused. CC's before the game, like CC's buffet, and <laughs> pizzas and cinnamon rolls and shit, and still go out there and go crazy. So came a long <laughs> way from that. From that. <laughs> <laughs> So
0: another question just to go back again. When did when was your moment of clarity of like I'm different? Like I'm I'm not your everyday hooper, you know. I mean, I can score when I want to. When did it click for you like okay, yeah, I can't do this for the rest of my life?
1: Yeah, um I'm gonna say bro, probably when I uh my after my sophomore year in high school, I played AAU um for this underarm response team called Carolina Wolves, um and that was like the first I think, sponsor team I played for in my career. So we got on the circuit and played a bunch of, like, top-name guys, and I was always, like, killing all those guys, bro. Like, I led the whole league in scoring with guys that play in the NBA right now. So I just knew since then I was going to be one of those ones after that, and I just kind of carried carried it over from that, bro, for real. I think I averaged, like, 30 points on the circuit that year, Um, and ever since then I started getting offers coming in, and then I knew I was one of the ones since then, for real. So,
0: where where did you get your uh, your trash talking from? Or do you go into a game and say, "All right, I'm not gonna talk no trash. I'm just gonna hoop." And then somebody start with you, or is it? Are you initiating it?
1: I hardly ever initiate anything, bro. Most of the time, I kind of go in the game, you know, locked you know, in on focus on what I gotta do at hand. But it's always somebody that kind of like try me and they bring it out of me, bro. So when you bring it out of me, I'm gonna give you what you want. You feel me? So that's kind of what it is. When I get started, I don't stop. Like, I'm going to talk to you all night long. I'm going to get in your head. I'm going to make you regret even saying anything to me. So, I okay, think I do that I do that with the best of them, too. I talk a lot of trash. So, but it, it always works out in my favorite favor for the most part. So, can't complain about it for real. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: did you have a, a welcome to D1 moment?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, my freshman year, we played um, in the Big 12. So, we played against a bunch of the NBA guys that's, that's in the NBA right now. Um, but, you, probably, you know, Buddy Hill uh, mm-hmm. from the – the shooter from I think he played for the Pacers now, bro. Yeah, I played mm-hmm. him freshman year, and he was going crazy. He, he was a senior. He was going crazy that year. I think he led the whole country in scoring. Um, he was the national player of the year that year. So watching yeah. him play, I'm like, like his levels for real. Like he was better than everybody on the court. You know what I'm saying? No matter who he was playing against. Damn. Mm-hmm. So. Bro, really put that work in. And I kind of looked at him as like a role model in that aspect. I kind of wanted to be like him as far as a college basketball player. So. That was probably probably it, bro. Playing him and having to guard him and like being able be, not being able to actually guard him at all was one of those things like oh, you gotta get better to you ain't where you thought you was thought you was yet. So kinda we down a little bit actually to be honest.
0: That's what's up, that's what's up. So um you at Texas and then you go yeah. to Alabama in the SEC. Yeah. Is yeah. it I know in football they say uh more conferences are fast and the SEC is more physical. Is that also transferred to basketball as well too?
1: That's very valid for basketball too. I could say that SEC is really physical. Um, actually, when I went to Bama, they made me put on like I think ten more pounds of muscle just to get, just to be able to compete because like it's very physical. They don't call too many fouls. They don't let you you know complain. They let you just play through a lot of stuff. So I had to get ready for that. So it's definitely more physical than uh than the SEC, ACC, or the Big Twelve for sure. All right. Did you uh, was it
0: another school you would think about going to other than Bama?
1: Yeah, at that time, bro, I think I had, like, a bunch of schools inquire about me because I was, like, one of the top transfers in the country um, at that time after leaving Texas. So I think I was about to actually commit to Georgia. Um, I think it was UGA, Alabama. <sighs> there was one more school. I think it might have been, like, Oregon. Yeah, I think it might have been Oregon. Mm. Yeah. So what,
0: what uh, made Alabama the one?
1: Honestly, it was a coach that I was really close with since high school that was there right, at the time, and. Really, he kind of got me there. He kind of sold it to me, and I went there on a visit, and I loved it. Fell in love with it, and I really didn't leave since then. At that point, <laughs> <laughs> is is being down there in Alabama? I mean, I'm I don't
0: think I ever. No, I've drove through Alabama, not been in there. But is it stuff to do in Alabama? I know that's kind of a crazy question.
1: <laughs> like the town that it, that the school is in is a very small town. It's a very small college town, but it's a lot going on. Like on game day, Saturdays for football, is like an extra. Hundred thousand people that come in town is like cookouts, t- great tailgates, great food. Um, you know, just regular stuff to do, bro. So it's very a very active town to say the least. very I had, I had a great time there, to be honest.
0: <laughs> that's what's so up. That's what's so up. Um, another on the court question. Um, when do you feel like like your night is your night? Like when you you know, like okay. I, I can go for 30 right now. Like, is it after your first shot or is it like in warm-ups? Like, when is it? When does it click?
1: Um, it's definitely not in warm-ups. Sometimes in warm-ups, I might, I might hit every shot and then come out and go 0 for 4 at first. So, it's not warm-ups. It's probably <laughs> I, say if I make my <laughs> I say if I make my first two, like, jump shots I shoot in the game, like, they, go, they both go in back-to-back. Back. I'm like, all right, it's going to be one of those nights for sure. Like, it's like I'm throwing a rock in the ocean or something. So, it's kind of like that if I make my first two. It's going to be one of those nights for sure.
0: So, and what did you say to people? Because I believe when you was in high school, like you said, you had a smaller frame, but you were already tall. What yeah. Did you have that voice in the back of your head where people would be like, okay, if we be physical, then he can't score or something like that? Was that always that, something like pushing you?
1: Yeah, they definitely tried it, bro, a lot. Um, that was a lot of people's game plan was to kind of like try to bully me, but you can't bully the bully, so I wasn't going for that at all. Like i always been that in my head that nobody could really, like, you know, take me for real. Like, I always had that confidence in myself. So, I would just say just knowing in, my, in the back of my mind I probably had to get stronger physically. But, like, as far as the heart, nobody had a bigger heart than me, bigger heart than me on the court. So, kind of what it was back back in those days. So,
0: a lot of – you hear a lot of, like, Michael Jordan, The Last Dance, and just different athletes, like, creating stories in their head just to, like, you know, get into that mood. Have you ever done that before?
1: Bro, you got to like honestly. I do it. I do it, I do it to this day still. Like I might see somebody we about to play against. I'm like, man, you probably think I'm trash. So I gotta show bro, i don't really like that. You know, I, I, I make <laughs> it's kind of crazy. But you got to be a little bit off to be good at like sports. I feel like, bro, you got to be a little bit like ticking with certain stuff to be good at sports. So even like like I said, MJ, Kobe, they always like a little bit off, but they were great at their sport because they kind of mm-hmm. made those stuff, head, made up stories, made up scenarios, and kind of used it to their advantage. So yeah, I definitely, do, I do that all the time, bro. Definitely, for sure.
0: What do you think about this whole um, TikTok movie with hoopers? I see a lot of people saying that they on TikTok hooping, and they th- really think they can like compete with like pro hoopers. And like, what do you think about that?
1: I think it's levels, bro. Matter of fact, I know it's levels, but um, I think that you know it's a lane for them to make some money. So you know, make your bread. But as far as like competing with pros. Most of the guys really can't do that. Like, um, it's a lot of YouTube hoopers, a lot of TikTok hoopers these days. Cause that's that's what's in that's the movement right. That's what's that's what's in right now. But they mm-hmm. can't really compete. They can't really compete because they they didn't really put that work in like us. So they really compete. They can't really compete with us personally. I feel like that. But it's a life for everybody to kind of do what they do. So I'm, I just be watching sometimes. I think it's cool to see. But if it come to playing one on one or something like that, I'm gonna never take myself every time over them.
0: Would you play one of them if they tried to call
1: you out? Yeah, on that, on their channel for some bread or something like that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. More public.
0: <laughs> so I know you said um, you're welcome to do one moment was Buddy Hill, but who is – would he be the terf- toughest person you've ever had to guard?
1: <clears throat> Honestly, I I would say yeah, but I played against other dudes too that was probably just as good as him. Um, it was a dude, um, George Niang from Iowa State my freshman year. He played for the six, Sixers now. He was one of the ones I had to guard. I was, couldn't really guard him as a freshman. I was just too small. He was smarter than me, too, because he was older. Um, Monte Morris from Iowa State playing the league now. Tough guard. Monte um, Graham from Kansas, tough guard. Um, in the league now as well. Um, so really those four, bro, kind of welcomed me to college at a young age. Like, all right, bro, you got to really get better because there's levels to this shit for real. Like, it's not just you here and you good. <laughs> nah, everybody's good. Some dudes are just superior. So I wanted to be superior like those guys.
0: So, after Bama, you come home, you go to Clemson. You played yeah. in the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC, which is arguably the best three conferences in college basketball. Was that planned? To just, was that more of internal, or it just happened?
1: It just happened, bro. Honestly, I didn't plan none of that shit. Like, it just kind of played out like that, and I ended up having success at all three stops. So, it's a blessing looking back on it that I made a lot of uh, friends at all schools, relationships I built, and uh, just I played well, and I had a good time, so. It kinda of just played out like that, you know. Thank thank the God.
0: <laughs> that's what's up, So who's the best teammate you played with? I don't mean to put team. people on
1: blast. That's cool. I play with a lot of dudes in the league now too. Um yeah. that's one I <laughs> uh man, that's tough. Hold on, let me think about that. I don't want to make nobody mad. Hold up. Let me all right. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't play with Colin Sexton, but we was on the same team. That was my, that was my red shirt year at Belmont. So we was on the same good. team, but I did in the games with bro, but we was still tight, or whatever. So I probably say Colin Sexton, bro. Like he was a freshman watching, watching him come in and kind of dominate the scene like that was pretty impressive to me. So he was a freshman, but probably Colin Sexton. But I also played with, um, with Jared Allen at Texas. He was like my senior, yeah. eight, my senior year. He's in the league now. He, he was really good too. Um, Herb Jones for the, plays for the Pelicans now. He was really good, really good defender, probably the best defender I ever played with. Um, and at Clemson, I played with a dude uh, named Amir Sims. He was a really good power forward center, and we had a good one-two punch, and he was really, probably one of my favorite teammates i played with so far uh, in my career. Okay. Mm-hmm. so what's
0: uh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, Talk about workout videos, because a lot of Same. people seem to think if you hoop in and you post a workout video, you just work for that five-minute clip but just tell them like how long how much time are you putting in the gym
1: bro i don't put so many hours in the gym it's crazy like i definitely put in my ten thousand hours and then some like to master i think to master this to master my game so um those workout videos are like a small glimpse of what's really going on like in real life you know it kind of just get, get just get, get your fans maybe some content or whoever support you some content to see it, that you're actually working and having fun doing what you do so that's like a small portion of what's really going on though but it's like maybe a five-minute clip into, like, maybe an actually two-hour workout or something like that. So it's a lot of time that gets put into this game, and I wouldn't trade it for that. So
0: blessed bless to have it. That's what's up. That's what's up. So when you go to, like, these open-run gyms or uh, the when they just be having putting teams together and you be running, do you go into those games saying, okay, I'm about to work on this move? I'm about to practice this this dribble pull-up or fade away." Do you have, like, something you going in there to work on?
1: Yeah, I try to always – Bring something out that I probably haven't done before, like, in, in public. Like, I might have worked on it in private a little bit, but I always try to bring something out that's probably new. Um, So I probably go in there with thinking, all right, I might work on coming off this screen and want a step back left or something like that, like this game. Or I might work on my post game this time, you know, back to the basket, spin post phase or whatever. So it just kind of depends on who we playing and where I'm playing at. And I kind of go out there and kind of try to work on stuff um, depending on, you know, like I said, who, we, who we're playing and where I'm playing at. It just depends.
0: And how long does that stay in your mind until somebody starts talking trash? Then it just turns into, okay, I'm just I'm just going to go to work.
1: <laughs> when does they start talking, that shit go out the window. I'm ready to kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> they, start, they start talking. Like, well, most games are just chilling until somebody starts with me, I got to show you that you're really not like that, how you think you are. So that's all it is most of the time. <laughs>
0: Nah, that's different, though, because a lot of people can like start talking trash and take themselves out the game. So I, I guess yeah. it's frustrating when you can talk trash and then still do what you do. Like that's that's frustrating
1: I when I talk. So, like, I think it's, it's the opposite for me, to be honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so are you are you six, six? Because I gonna lie, last time I saw you, I said you might be six, seven, pushing six, eight.
1: I think that. I'm six seven now, I'm, bro, uh, in shoes. So I think I definitely grew a couple inches over the last few years. I, 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 I claim six seven. We gonna say 6'7".
0: So why yeah. do why do okay? If you go when you playing football, they give you like an extra inch or two, but then in yeah. basketball, I feel like they short y'all an inch or two. Why 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 is that? Oh,
1: I don't know, and I hate that because I really want to be six seven. Like you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> so I'm six seven, man. Like am fuck up, six seven.
0: Cause I still don't understand why they're saying KD is like 6'9", 6'10". He's definitely seven foot.
1: Like I don't understand why. Met him before. He's definitely seven feet tall. Like for sure, bro. Like, cause I'm six seven. Like I said, bro. And I gotta look up to this man like this. Like, he definitely at least seven feet tall. <laughs> he's crazy. with guard skills. He's crazy. crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's different. So. um did you do you have a, a athlete that you model your game after? I don't want to say you're trying to replicate them, but do you take bits and pieces of people and try to incorporate that? Um, you
1: just said it really. KD is my my favorite player, bro, ever. Since I was shit probably in middle school, so I watched bro game a lot. And honestly, subconsciously, like I didn't really notice it at the time, but like since I was watching him so much, my game started to look just like his over time. And like I was like, damn, bro, you really play just like this dude. Like the little hezzy pulls mm-hmm. the. the post-up phase, like the one-leg phase, like I got all that from him, and I didn't really notice it until I got older, but I kind of take parts from a lot of people's games, too, at the same time. like I like to watch a lot of old Kobe highlights from when he was with the Lakers, obviously. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, old MJ in the post, like mid-post work. Um, I watch LeBron highlights, too, just because he's a great leader, like vocally off, on and off the court, so like I try to pick up things from everybody and kind of piece, piece it to my game as best as I can, to be honest. And
0: when you're watching film and things like that, do you watch yourself as well and say, okay, I need to do this? And do you, like, break down your own film?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's important in becoming uh, in becoming a better player. If you don't watch yourself, you're not going to really know what you're good and what you're not good at, you know? So I, I, learned, I learned how to watch film for real when I got to college, bro. They made it made me. I had no choice. So um, I pretty much learned how to dissect my own film and kind of, like, critique myself, even though it's hard sometimes to critique myself and kind of, like, see where I got to improve at. So it's definitely a, an, an important part of getting better as a, as a hooper.
0: And talk about that IQ side of basketball, because you know that um that LeBron press conference where he ran back the whole play and broke everything down. We we'll just talk about having that part of the game. Well, like I said, you
1: gotta have that. Like that's honestly bigger. The mental is bigger than any physical thing you can do on the court. Like you know where everybody's supposed to be at on the court every time, then it's gonna help you pretty much be better than better than everybody. Like like LeBron is. Um, so. That's pretty much a bigger part of the game than anything I said you can have physical, bro. Like, you got to know, like, the spots on the floor. You got to know the system that you're running. You got to know the, the, the defense that a team is going to run against you. So, like, it's, it's one of the most important things I would say on the court It's knowing, like, you're like, having a good IQ and knowing what's going on.
0: <clears throat> okay.
1: And so now you are a
0: professional basketball player. Like, to break that down, a pro, Um, you have that beside your name, definitely a professional hooper. So, overseas, uh, Lucas said that it's easier to score in the NBA than it is overseas. Do you, Now that you are a pro, do you see why he said that?
1: Yeah, I see why he said that because, like, over here, bro, like, it's more physical. Like, they don't call as many fouls in Europe. Like, in, in, in the NBA, it's more like – I ain't going to say it's soft, but they, they give you more foul calls. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's more – it's better refereeing. But over here, like, you got to be tough. Like, they're going to foul you, and they're and they not going to call it sometimes. So, you got to just play through it. Um, And also, the rules are different, too. Like, they don't have any – uh. No, no defensive three seconds in the lane over here. So they can camp in the lane all day long waiting you to get there and block your shot. So it's just a little different, <laughs> but uh, it's definitely easier to score in America than it is in Europe, for sure, I would say, after playing in both now.
0: Wow. So how was the huddle? Because does your, does your coach speak English?
1: <laughs> uh, he's, they speak a little bit of English. It's kind of like broken English, but it's – it's english i guess yeah
0: <laughs> so how does that work because like it's everybody has different nationalities and things like that on one team so i just wanted like how does that work
1: i ain't gonna lie bro it's hard sometimes it's, it's, a, it's a barrier i ain't gonna lie it's a language barrier that's kind of hard to break through because like, <laughs> like i said you said we we just speak different languages naturally and they speak english but it's just it's different they don't they don't know certain words that we that we use on a regular yeah. basis in America. so it's just different but um I try my best to understand what he's saying, and if I can't, I'll ask him again to kind of repeat it for me. Then we go from there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so,
0: I think that. Um, I think playing overseas. I saw J.R. Smith said this. Um, because his coach didn't speak English, so he had to heavily rely on his IQ. So, do you yeah. think that's something that has helped building your IQ? Because sometimes you can't have the conversation; you just got to know what's going on.
1: Exactly. I think sometimes, like like I said, basketball is going to be basketball no matter where you at. So. As long as you have a good IQ for the game, you can kind of figure it figure it out while you're on the court and kind of get through it. So that's that's what, that's what I would say about that. You gotta have good IQ and it help you kind of get through those times where you don't know what he's saying or whatever. So that's what helps that's what helps, that's what helps me out at least is that having a good IQ.
0: So and you are you? The, I think you're the youngest player on your team right now, right?
1: Um, I, nah, no, nah, I'm not. It's another dude on my team that's 23. I'm 25, so he's a couple years younger than me. But I'm one of the youngest ones for sure. This is my third. So year. So how is that?
0: Being one of the youngest on the team, because I know you're not, you're playing with grown men as need checks for their family and stuff like that. It's different than just going to class and hooping. You're playing for your livelihood. How? What's the difference in that?
1: Um, it's more serious, I would say. Um, dudes ain't really out here, you know, to play around too much. They're here for a job or a reason, like you know, I said, to feed their family or feed themselves, whatever it is. So definitely more serious. Um, it's a lot less room for error on the court. I would say you got to pretty much know what you're doing at all times. You know, um. And like I said, it's not really too much playing around like it's a serious business. So you got to come in here and put that work in every day. We practice a lot. We practice hard every day. It's no off days for real. So it's a different level from college for sure.
0: So and when you come home and everybody probably want to play basketball with you because, you, you know, you. So how do you have to say no sometime? Are you just like, no, nah, I'm just here to chill or is it your instinct to pick up the ball and go hoop or do you
1: this refrain from that as much? It's my instinct, bro, but sometimes I got to just tell dudes I'm chilling, bro. I just got home from a long, you know, eight, nine-month season overseas. I want to just relax sometimes, you know. So it actually happened last year. I was supposed to come home and play, like, this tournament when I first got home last year. And I was like, bro, I can't even do it, dog. I got to take a little detox from basketball right now. I got to just chill and be a regular dude, you know what I'm saying, for right now. But uh, Mm -hmm. after a while, I always get back on the court after, like, maybe a month or so of being home and kind of relaxing, you know, let my body reset and recover. But it's definitely hard, bro. Like I said, I want to be on the court at all times, but. Got to, got to, got to be smart. and Listen to my body and kind of, you know, take it day, day by day. Sometimes,
0: <clears throat> yeah, because a lot of people don't realize like that's your job. You play basketball, and like as we <laughs> have regular jobs, we need a break too. So you still <laughs> need a break from your job.
1: Exactly, feel like a job, and it can get exhausting sometimes, bro, mentally and physically. So you got to take a reset button every, every now and again, here and there. So definitely.
0: Now, to get off the subject of basketball for a while man um for i say about the last well since you've been overseas i ain't gonna lie you've been getting some fits off so where, where wow. did that, that fashion come from Where where is that where did that bag get in i ain't
1: gonna lie bro i, I always kind of had it in me but i didn't necessarily even have the funds to do it to buy how i wanted to buy when i was maybe in high school or college for real so i was i was always putting fits together but over here like they got some exclusive stuff that we don't really got at home. So I was able, I'm able to really kind of get into a different bag for real when it's as far as dressing. So um, like they got a bunch of everything, bro. Like everything come from really Europe. Like all the designer stores really come yeah. from here. So get it firsthand and kind of see stuff before it hits the States. So I'm kind of blessed to have the opportunity for real and kind of being, being able to just put it together like that. So are you going to see your
0: Russell Westbrook and Kyle Kuzma bag? The, the crazy, crazy fit?
1: Wow, well, bro. They be wearing skirts and shit. I ain't really with that. I- <laughs> No, but, you know what I'm saying? I I could put it on for sure. But they be doing too much though. They they got too much bread for that. They too rich. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have like a,
0: a big culture shock when you went overseas? Like, was it? It what was the biggest culture shock you had?
1: My first stop overseas it was 2020, like right, right when COVID started actually. Um, and the country I was in, bro, like they're not used to seeing black folks like that. So when they see me would just be like staring at me like oh my god like like it's like like, like like i'm a, like i'm a i don't know like, it was crazy bro so probably just being being there and having to deal with that for real it was one of the craziest things in my life probably just being stared at all the time people want to touch me touch my hair like it was crazy it was real like depending on where you go really good, but that was one of the craziest things i've seen so far being overseas just being like a being, being like a ghost basically to them like damn he really here like
0: really a black person yeah and you're not you're not a small black person either so it's like ain't no hiding like yeah
1: bro funny story for real life sometimes when kids see me over here i might be the first black person they ever seen like in real life so they just be staring at me like like they're amazed like damn like what is this like you know like it's crazy (laughs) Crazy.
0: so what's the what's the best meal you've had overseas if you had your favorite meal
1: i got some good eats bro i'm not gonna lie um Favorite meal, man. They got great pasta over here. Pasta's A1. All the pasta, A1. I love pasta. So if you there, there's whether it's chicken, uh, steak, whatever, I love pasta. But my favorite meal probably was, uh, it was like this soy sauce-covered chicken I would get from this one place. Soy sauce-covered chicken with, like, uh roasted potatoes and broccoli on the side. That joint was A1. That was <laughs> my first place. Yeah, A1. I want to go back there just for that food, for real.
0: That's what's up. That's what's up. Do they drive on different sides of the road over there?
1: Uh, They do in London in the UK, but I haven't been there. I've been been in this place called Kosovo. I was in Italy last year, and now I'm in Greece right now. So everywhere I've been, it's been on the right side of the road. So it's pretty much easier for me to just drive like I'm at home.
0: So, I mean, you've had this wealth of traveling. You know, like you said, you play D1 basketball. Like, when you sit down and just, like – Think about your career. Like, how does it feel to know, like, you you're knocking down goals that you had set for yourself?
1: Um, it feels good, bro. Like I said, um, came a long way from just being a little skinny kid from Columbia. So, like, it feel good to always be out here and travel the world and kind of, you know, see things I never thought I would see before. So, I'm definitely proud of myself. But I know I got a long ways to go to where, to get where I really want to get in life. So, I just keep my head down and keep grinding and kind of, you know, just keep going day by day. Kind of where I'm at right now with it. And Great, where does that? Uh-huh. I said grateful but hungry at the same time.
0: So where does that that humble mentality come from? Because I mean, you, we are you like you said you a dog on a court, but like every time I see you or and see you any place, you always just cool. You never like I'm this guy. No, I don't want nobody talking to me. So where did that come from?
1: A regular dude like everybody else, bro. Like we went to the same schools, like you know went to the, know the same people. So like I just want to be one of the guys. Sometimes like you know how we. We grew up, so just always kind of remember where I come from and not letting the game of basketball let me get a big head about life. Any day it can be taken away from me like that. So just got to be thankful for it and be grateful and be a good dude at all times, the best as I can. You know, still learning, still growing, but best as I can, just be a good dude and kind of, you know, carry that over into the world and kind of, you know, spread love and peace to everybody for real. That's my, one of my goals in life.
0: <clears throat> word, word, word. My last question I got for you is uh, which one would you rather? What's up? Would you rather ask? A n one dunk, mm. or a n
1: one three. I ain't gonna lie to you. You you said me play before, so you probably know what I'm about to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the n one dunk is cool. That's gonna be the highlight. I'll get you, you know, to go and buy and all of that. That's cool, but three is worth more than two. So I'm gonna take the n one three and get those get that four point play and get you know add four points to my total. So easily easily the four point play. Sure. Yeah, I figured, I already knew I felt like that was going to be your answer But I
0: had to ask, because I know most people Are going to say, oh, I'm going to take that dunk I'm going to take that dunk, I said, nah, I figure he's going to take that That four-point play
1: you feel me? That's going to add up, give me 30 quicker, so I'm getting that four-point play For sure <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, man, I appreciate you Coming on, for sure, for sure um, I'm going to let you have the floor You can let the people know what's going on with you You can shout out your social media, whatever you want Man, it's all you right now yeah, man, just tap with me on the
1: ground. Instagram uh is at one marathon Mac3. That's my Instagram handles tapping tap, tap with me on there. I got a brand on there too as well. Um only the Survive. So we're gonna be dropping some more stuff again soon. I think the summer coming up, a lot of more tees, a lot of more hoodies and shirts. So stay in tune with me. We got a lot of stuff coming. So you know, just stay in tune. It's all love. Appreciate the support from everybody, and you know, we're gonna keep this thing going. Yeah. Yes,
0: sir, yes, sir. This is episode sixteen. in Mac. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate it, Brody.